Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome into this Wednesday Thanksgiving Eve edition of the Lombardi Line presented by DraftKings. Alongside Michael Lombardi, I'm Stormy Tony, And with that heavy focus today on the Thanksgiving and Black Friday NFL games coming up, injury updates, betting trends, all the need-to-know information for those games. And then also, because we will not be in this time slot tomorrow, we're going to be in that early morning follow-the-money window tomorrow. We're going to make sure that we Uh-oh. give y'all our Thanksgiving food takes. Michael, we've got some, we're very opinionated on the food yeah. here for Thanksgiving. Well, obviously we're Italian. I mean, who isn't, you know, what Italian do you know that's not opinionated on food? I mean, you know, we're not going to Olive Garden, neither one of you or I, you know? So, uh, you know, it's going to be fun tomorrow. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that we're doing it. I feel bad for you to have to get up at three in the morning to get over there and do it. But, you know, I mean, it'll be fun to get up and do it, get it out of the way. And then you can sit on the couch all day and watch football and enjoy yourself. It's a it's a great, great time of the year. I love this time of the year, although today is 60 years, tragically, that JFK was assassinated in Dealey Plaza. We still don't have a verdict on that assassination. Don't buy the other stuff. Uh, Stormy, as you could tell, I harassed Gerald Posner on a, on Twitter every single every day, day for his ridiculous book, his ridiculous book, Case Closed. That case ain't closed. It ain't closed. I, 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 before I go off on a tangent, that case ain't closed. We'll talk about betting from here on out. <laughs> what a guy. Yes, yes, we will, if that's all right with you. But I do have one last thing I want to say on Thanksgiving before we move on, is that one thing I'm very, yeah. very passionate about in addition to food is please do not... Text me if you don't think that I have your number. Don't text me happy Thanksgiving or send me a picture of your food. (laughs) We don't need that. You know, I feel like there's always, I always get some text message from an unknown number. Happy Thanksgiving, uh, a gif of a turkey. We don't need that. It's okay. We can just move on. But let's move on to some injury updates. No, but let's take the, let's take the holiday in the spirit it was intended. Give thanks. I, I wrote a column for tomorrow for the Daily Coach about extending hand. It's about a kind of first grade story that I think that's the more that's it's not about food as much as we want to make it about the turkey. It's it's really about being thankful and we should all be. 
Yes. And I am very thankful that I'm going to get to work with you tomorrow and very thankful that we have a lot of fun games that we can preview. Unfortunately, though, we do have some injury updates in these games. Let's start with the first game of the day coming up tomorrow, 1230 Eastern time kick Packers in Detroit taking on the Lions. Good news and bad news for Aaron Jones. The good news is it wasn't an ACL. So instead of the knee injury being season ending, he's listed as week to week right now, but looking unlikely he'll be available to go and his backup AJ Dillon is limited this week as well. So potential problems for the Packers run game. And then we also see Michael Luke Musgrave, their their great rookie tight end, suffered a lacerated kidney on Sunday. He played through it, apparently didn't say anything to anybody. Now no timetable to return. He can't travel, so he will be out. And I mean, they had 17 guys on their practice report injury yesterday, Michael, with the guys either limited or did not practice. Well, and they also... They brought back they, they they brought in three running backs to try out, right? And so you know they clearly are saying to everybody that Aaron Jones isn't going to play. They're iffy on AJ Dillon whether he plays or not. So this is a team that you know in their running back situation they're beat up and they're going to need to get some help in there. And I think that's going to be the biggest issue is when they go when they're going okay. And that not that they go okay all the time. You know, the Aaron Jones has kind of been that running game matters. And so they had to sign Patrick Taylor off of New England's practice squad yesterday because he was in camp with the Packers. He knows what to do. He'll be dressed for the game. Emmanuel Wilson's hurt too for them. So between Aaron Jones, Dylan being banged up, Emmanuel Wilson, we're going to see Patrick Taylor on Thanksgiving Day against a very good front. It's hard to run the ball in Detroit. Detroit's front, when healthy, is very good. Yeah, top five run defense in the National Football League. Also, um, for the Packers defensively, Devondre Campbell, who's their green dot on defense, one of their captains, he did not practice, missed the last 11 minutes of the game against L.A. with a stinger in his neck. So TBD on him and Jair Alexander. But he's on the injury report all the time. So I don't know how much to put into that one. And Rudy Ford, their free safety, Rudy Ford's not going to play. So they've got a lot of injuries. And, I mean, they're going against a team that ran for the ball for 200 yards on him and it really that last game wasn't a close game now big daddy wants to know my cousin vince who's a huge packer fan what day do you think lafleur gets his haircut this week for the game on thursday because they got to travel today they're traveling down to detroit today so it means he had to get it on tuesday oh no does that just throw off the whole schedule then michael is 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 vince concerned i think it does I mean, tell me when he doesn't have a fresh cut. Tell me when he doesn't have one. I mean, that you couldn't set that number anyway that he doesn't have a fresh cut. Especially for the holiday. You know that he's going to be ready for the holiday. Um, but what, yeah. you, what you said about, about the Lions' previous meeting with Green Bay, obviously we have a seven-and-a-half-point spread in this game, but they won 34-20 week four earlier this season. Outgained Green Bay 401 to 230 in total yards. David Montgomery had 121 of those and three touchdowns. And that was before Jameer Gibbs started breaking out as well. So they've got a great one-two punch in the run game. I feel like it's going to be an uphill battle for Green Bay. But then, then again, Michael, I've counted the Packers out each of the last two weeks and they proved me wrong. So who's to say they couldn't step it up in this case? I just feel like this is a different Lions team than we've seen previous Thanksgivings, no? Remember last year the Lions beat them twice. And the game in Detroit was really the Packers turned the ball over. The game, the last game of the year, Detroit dominated. But the Packers held them to 34 points in the both games last season. Game one this year, Detroit scored 34. So Detroit's better. Detroit's offensive line's healthy too. And that's going to make a difference, too, as you go into this game. They're physical. They can run the football inside the dome. And the one thing we do know about these Thanksgiving games, Stormy, is 
other than Dallas, other than what happens in Dallas, the favorites have been very successful at home. The home favorites have, or excuse me, the favorites in general have been very successful. And so speaking to that, Michael, you know, I love me a teaser. And so I've already got one in my back pocket. I did a Lions 49ers teaser, which brings me to this San Francisco game where they are laying seven in Seattle, total 43 and a half. And even at full strength, I think that Seattle would have their hands full against this San Francisco team. That's obviously got some new life. They got their groove back coming out of the bye. But now you have injuries to both Geno Smith and Kenneth Walker um, on Sunday. Smith is expected to play through that tricep injury, um, but he's, obviously going to be a little bit compromised in this body left all lost all feeling in his fingers for a time in that game. And then head coach Pete Carroll said for Walker, who's dealing with an oblique strain and didn't play past the opening series that last game, he's not considered a candidate for IR, but they do need to learn more about his injury and they aren't sure how much time he'll miss. So likely he's not going to go in steps to Zach Charbonnet and DK Metcalf even popped up on the injury report with a toe as well. Yeah, they're going to need them all. I mean, San Francisco is going to be hard for them to run the ball. Geno's going to have to throw it really well. And this offensive line is going to have to really do a great job of protecting, especially against the five-man rush that San Francisco employs. And, you know, look, San Fr- I, I said this on my pod today. I don't understand how, you know, we can talk about C.J. Stroud being in the MVP conversation. We can talk about Tua still being a favorite in the MVP. But we won't talk about Purdy. Like, Purdy's sensational. Purdy's doing things that are just rare. I mean, think about this. His first half, Purdy's 84 for 114, 73.6% completions, nine touchdowns, 7.6 yards per attempt. You know, he's basically just dominating. He comes out, he's up, he's at 70% completion this year, up from 67. He's at 9.7 yards per attempt this year, up from 8.1. I mean, what more does a fellow have to do to get some love? I mean, seriously, what more does he have to do? The guy, and he just keeps getting labeled. He's a he's a seventh rounder. See, he's a seventh rounder. No, he was a blown pick. He should have been higher. He should have been. If Kenny Pickett's a one, what's what's Brock Purdy? <laughs> if yeah. Mac Jones is a one, what's Brock Purdy? Yeah, I'm with you. We need to remove that Mr. Irrelevant final pick in the draft narrative about this kid because he's proven enough at this point. It wasn't just lightning in a bottle at the back end of last season prior to the injury. He's carried it over. He's only had a couple of bad games and even still Michael bounced back from that. The three game stretch where they struggled. He only had three touchdowns, five interceptions since in the following two games out of the bye six touchdowns no picks he's also five and oh with nine touchdowns and no picks against the division this season so I mean in his career so I think that he's proven plenty enough and obviously his teammates love him 15 to one right now in the MVP awards market and DraftKings. I've also seen as high as 18 to one still available right now but I'm I'm surprised that he's not getting more love in that market yeah. um, at, at this point in the season. I know that Jalen Hurts and Jamar jo- and Lamar Jackson get the headlines for their kind of more dual threat ability, but even he can punch it through and get a few first downs with his legs. Do you want to note also on this game? But though, they all, here's the thing, Stormy. I don't understand. They all have, I mean, Jim, I mean J- J- Jalen Hurts uh, has, he's had two bad games. He's thrown for under 150 yards in the last two games. I mean, C.J. Stroud had three games where he didn't play well. Like, there's every quarter. Mahomes, he's thrown interceptions. Like, why does Purdy pay a price for not playing well in a game that he got concussed in and everybody else is allowed a mulligan? It just seems so unfair. It's the national narrative. It's just once you get the narrative going in your favor, 
it's really hard to get it off, even when it's not like I'll give you a perfect example. You know, like I'm not picking on the guy, but Tua, everybody thinks Tua is the MVP. He's having a great year. And then when you peel back the layers and you look at, okay, Tua on third down, 60 percent completion. They're the 17th best third down team in the league, 7.4 yards per attempt, well below the average. Run for He's run for one first down. He's got six touchdowns and five interceptions. You look at him in the second half. He drops from a 75% completion thrower to 62%. He drops from 13 touchdowns down to eight with six interceptions. You know, his yards per attempt goes from nine down to seven, nine. His quarterback rating goes from 119 down to 87. So, like, why is he still in the conversation his team's averaged 20.5 points a game the last four games, and Purdy can't get in it. I yeah, said this and, and two p- months ago. What's the difference between Purdy and Tua? Well, Michael, and I would just say a lot of the flack that gets on Purdy is because he has all of these incredible weapons around him and the yards after catch. So you're saying Tyreek Hill doesn't help out a guy like Tua Tungavailoa that when we come back, I'm going to make you I'm going to make you guess how much Tyreek Hill's responsible for first downs passing. Okay. All right. We'll get into it. Plenty more to come here on the Lombardi line. We're just getting started. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for, or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only a total wine and more. Please drink responsibly. Must be 21 or older. I hope everybody has got all stocked up for the holiday. I know I got the goods for my family. Michael, not so sure, though, how much I can hit the sauce tomorrow. I got a live bet. I got a flight Friday morning at 6 a.m. I don't know. I don't know how much I can get into it. Yeah, it's hard. You got to you got to pay attention, and you know, got to eat. Problem is, you drink, eat all that turkey, you drink all that wine, and you have some bourbon, you have some Jack Daniels. Oh. You know, next thing you know, you're not awake for the second half of the Seattle game. <laughs> the trip to fans gonna hit too. Yeah, I mean, for us on the East Coast, that's the big issue, right? You got to stay awake for that second game. 
The struggle is real, but it's so worth it on a Thanksgiving Thursday, which, by the way, uh, one other injury update I wanted to make sure that I gave for that 49er Seattle game, the nightcap tomorrow um, for Thanksgiving. Talanoa Hufunga, for anybody who missed it, torn ACL. So he's going to be done for the remainder of the yeah, season. And that's horrible. a big loss for their secondary. But, but Michael, I know we were still deep in the comparison of Brock Purdy and Tua Tungavailoa talking MVP. So what else you got? Well, so I was going through it today and, you know, I was kind of doing a deep dive on this game and trying to figure out, is it even worth playing the point, you know, taking the points uh, with the Jets or laying the points with Miami? Because we know that Miami is, you know, hasn't been the same Miami offensively over the last four games. For example, you know, Stormy, the last four games, they've averaged 76.2 yards rushing. And, you know, and in the first four, in the first first games, forget the Denver game, throw that out. They've averaged 148, you know, and they've only averaged 20.5 points a game where I miscalculated. And I think this is really important when you give out a bet and it doesn't come through instead of crying and saying it should have hit, which there are some of those cases, too, like the Jets, my Jets giant game that like that should have been a win. Right. Ninety nine point nine 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 percent probability. Thank you, Femi. Anyway. So you got to figure out why you what, what were you miscalculated and where I miscalculated was Miami hasn't been scoring the level of points that we assume they can. They've averaged 20.5 the last four games. And, you know, Hill's great. They get the ball to Hill. And this is what I was asking you. when We went to break of the of the first downs that the that the Miami Dolphins have accumulated 143 first downs passing from Tua. What percentage do you think the ball goes to Tyreek Hill to convert those first downs? Well, I'm assuming based on the fact that you're bringing this topic up, it can't be a whole lot. And he's obviously the deep ball threat. So it's I'm very curious. What's the number? 39.6% of the Dolphins first down are because of Tyreek Hill. Oh, he's got 40% of the first I did not expect downs. that. I did not expect that. I thought, yeah, I I mean, thought that's based why on the way you were framing it, it should be, be low. M- Whoa. He should be in the MVP conversation. I mean, if you take him away, where are they going with the ball? You know, and they're not a great and they're not a great third down team. I think that's one of the things Miami people think Miami, oh, they're really good. They average four third down conversions a game. Four. They rank 25th in the league in that category. So, and his third down percentages are not great. So what's happening to teams, the way they play Miami is they're saying, look, we're not going to give you a big play. We're going to take away to his first read and we're going to make you run the ball. We're going to set the edge on both sides. You're not going to run the ball like you did against Denver or like you did against the Giants. You're going to try to, we're going to make you run the ball inside where you're not as strong and then take our chances, and it's worked. So there's a formula for slowing down their offense. The problem comes into this. The Jets' offense slows themselves down. They're 22% on third down. They've only scored 18 points in the first quarter all year, right? And so they can't convert third downs, and you say, well, they got to run the ball. The problem with the Jets have been they run the ball. They're sixth in the league in yards per attempt. They're 30th in calling runs. Why? Because they get it to third and three and they can't convert. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. If you don't keep the ball, you can't run the ball. The Jets have been big, big, bad in a lot of areas, especially recently. And I was stunned at what I saw this past week against the Buffalo Bills. But to your point about Tyreek Hill, he is the favorite for offensive player of the year, rightfully so, on pace to set an NFL record for receiving yards. Nine touchdowns lead the league this year receiving touchdowns. Um, But 40-1 to in the MVP race 
Tua sitting there five to one. Here are your odds for MVP. Jalen Hurts, your favorite at plus 250, followed by Lamar Jackson, plus 350. Mahomes, four to one. Tua, five to one. And then Purdy and Dak both sitting at five to one. And something that we were talking about in the commercial break with our producer today, Caesar, was that like when you look at Brock Purdy and all the numbers, Michael, that you listed out in the opening segment, if you were to just change Brock Purdy's name and make it Joe Burrow, is he not the favorite in this market? You change if you change his name it's and make really, it Josh Allen. Perce- is he not the favorite? Like, come on. It, it's all perception based. It's because he was drafted in the seventh round. It's because the the Trey Lance element of of the 49er nation still believes that Lance wasn't given a fair chance that he could do what Purdy could do, which is not true. Oh. Right? They wanted Lance to be good. He just couldn't be good. You know, I mean, and just because they got him in the it doesn't matter where they get picked. It matters how they play. This kid's a good player. He's got really good, he's got good arm strength. He's accurate with the football. He makes good to say, well, why does he pay a price for having Debo Samuel and having Kiddo and McCaffrey? And yet Tua doesn't, you know, it's he has he has weapons galore. Yep. Waddle and 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 he has Waddle and he has Tyreek Hill. He's got Morset. He's got Achan. I mean, like he's got all sorts of weapons. Speaking of which, uh, we do have an update on Devon Achan, the stud young running back that's been on injured reserve. Ian Rappaport saying Mike McDaniel has suggested that how he fares in today's practice session will determine um, how much he ends up playing this Friday against the Jets. And obviously he was able to start the game this past weekend, but only got in for one play, re-aggravated and had to step out. So hopefully he'll be healed up and ready to go and continue to be a weapon with that big 10 point spread against the Jets on Black Friday. Um, Now, every day on the show, Michael, I feel like we are talking about poor quality of quarterback play or coaching or soft calls from officials and uh, different things that change the trajectory of a game or not. And your boy, Tom Brady, who I know you you love so much back in the new England days was on the Stephen A. Smith show this week, talking about the mediocrity in the NFL. We have a clip that's been making the rounds. Here's Tom on the current state of the NFL. I think there's a lot of mediocrity in today's NFL. I don't see the excellence that I saw in the past. Why not? And ho- Why not? I think the coaching isn't as, as good as it was. I don't think the development of young players is as good as it was. The rules have allowed a lot of bad habits to get into the actual performance of the game. Mm-hmm. So I just think the product, in my opinion, is less than what it's been. I think I look at a lot of players like Ray Lewis and Rodney Harrison and Ronnie Lott and guys that impacted the game in in a certain way and every hit they would have made would have been a penalty Mm. you hear coaches complaining about their own player being tackled and not necessarily why don't they talk to their player about how to protect themselves we used to work on the fundamentals of those things all the time now they're trying to be regulated all the time i feel like he's speaking your language he's saying all the things that i've been saying i think the coaching's i think the coaching's bad we don't we play madden you know, why do I call Kellen Moore joystick? Because he doesn't care about the quarterback. Look at Biennemi. I mean, Biennemi can't wait to call pass play, even though his quarterback's getting killed. Like, are you watching the game, or are we just playing Madden in the basement? And then he's so right about player development. Like, you've got to spend time developing the young players. One of the rules that have been taken away from the coaches has been the offseason program. You need to spend time with offensive linemen in an indoor facility, working on their fundamentals, foot foot techniques. Offensive linemen are made. They're not just born. The left tackle, yeah. I mean, Trent Williams, those guys are great, right? They can play. But you got to find a way to make a guy a good player. And when you have time to do it, when the line coach can spend time with the players 
in the indoor facility three hours a day, working on weights, working on his footwork and techniques, they get better. But because the rules prohibit this, we have really bad offensive line play, and it affects the quarterback. I, I said this on the pod today, Stormy. They want to make sure the, the quarterback's protected. The Wall Street Journal released today that there's over a billion dollars of money of quarterbacking play that's not on the field. Like, how much further can they restrict hitting the quarterback than they've already done? Yeah. It's in the fundamentals and techniques, which is what Brady's talking about. You got to teach it. You got to work on it. We we think that a hiring a twenty eight year old offensive coach as a play caller is great. Yeah, there are, but there was a time when you need to be a little bit seasoned in this league to play complementary football. Look, Andy Reid, for him to win another Super Bowl, he knows he's got to play complementary football. He knows that his margin for error as evidenced by the Monday night game, when he turned the ball over twice in the red zone, when he dropped a pass, is small now. It used to never be this small because Mahomes could make it up, but they don't have the skill around Mahomes to make it up or the offensive line to make it up. So they got to play complementary. And he's adjusted. I mean, he ran the ball 30 times. No one wants to run the ball 30 times, at least like Andy Reid, but yet he did it because it was in the best interest of winning that game. I know a lot of people um, are reacting to Tom saying you're more, more than anybody else. Like you benefited from these rules. Rules were literally created to protect you. But I think he's he's dead on on a lot of these things and that the product has become more watered down and that the development isn't there the way that it used to be. And like, what's the I feel bad for officials in a lot of instances because it's hard to distinguish what's a great hit and what's a cheap shot. And it's they're put in a really, really tough situation. So there's a lot of ways that we can discuss that. So much more to come, but that music's telling me I got to hit a break, guys. We'll be right back. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. Thanksgiving is back starting today. All of our VEASAN hosts, writers, and analysts are competing in a week-long competition to see who's the best better at VEASAN. You can follow all the bets and leaderboard at VEASAN.com, or you can go to the DK Sportsbook app, select social, then betting groups, where you'll be able to join our Thanksgiving group and follow all of the action. I haven't placed any bets yet. I have them in my real account. I got to make sure I put them in my DK bets giving account so everybody can follow along. I'll make sure I hit on that a little bit later today. And I'm very competitive. So we'll see how it goes. Michael, I did want to, before we get to some of these turkey day mm-hmm. trends, because we have a lot of them that I want to get into, I did just yeah. want to wrap up some of that conversation that we were having about Tom Brady's comments on the mediocrity of the NFL right now and how the development of players has changed over you know recent years and if you think there's something that can be put in place to adjust this so that we don't have a continued year after year more and more watered down product how can we make it better well we got to let the offensive linemen we got to restrict we got to take away the restrictions on offensive linemen offseason that's number one and defensive linemen too actually because we need to teach them how not to hit the quarterback so you need to take those two because you got to develop both those positions. And it would be financially a better situation for teams if they could do that. I, I think the second thing we got to do is we've got to develop talent. And you have to develop talent in season. You just can't develop talent, you know, in the offseason. You got to pay more attention to teaching fundamentals and techniques. What Brady's referring to is the tackling. The tackling is atrocious. 
you know, everybody's not tackling it. You know, you can hear Lombardi screaming, grab, grab, grab. Everybody's grabbing, you know, because they're scared to leave with their head. They're scared to do other things. And the tackling is just horrendous. But we got to get back to being fundamentally sound. And that starts in the offseason. It really does. You need to be able to teach young players how to play the game of football. You know, where, where, you know, where the pr- pressure points are on a team situationally. You know, for example, if, you, if you're a quarterback and what Brady was talking about, what he was referring to is if, if the receiver's back is turned to the defensive formation, right, and Brady throws him the ball, Brady's not throwing him the ball to catch it. Brady's throwing him the ball in an area where he wants him to turn and run with it. So he's throwing the ball away from the defender who's coming to the back. Follow me? So if the, if the, if the back's turned and he can't see who's going to hit him, Brady wants to lead him away from where the hit's going to be. Well, that takes time, effort, understanding, right? You've got to be able to do that. And that, that requires coaches that know. I mean, how many times have you watched a game? This drives me. This is one of my pet peeves, that you're watching a game and a quarterback takes a sack in an area of the field. He cannot take a sack in or else it's going to be out of field goal range. Yep. Repeatedly. And yet they still do it. Repeatedly. Repeatedly. We're screaming at the television. And you're wondering, like, right, like, how you, like I say it before. Like, I'll say it to whoever I'm watching again. They can't take a sack here. Can't take a sack here. Got it. And the play caller is responsible, too, because he's got to be able to tell the quarterback, look, we're going to run blah, 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 blah. Make sure you get rid of the ball. No sacks here. No sack here. Got to get rid of the ball. But that's and then, of course, naturally, they yeah, take a sack. I was going to say, so Michael, that's the, what drives the, me the best part of that is especially when the announcers on TV say like, OK, this only thing that can't happen here is you take a sack. And then what inevitably happens? Bam, done out of field goal range, all the problems. But there's that. And then what you talked about with leading the receivers versus putting them in a bad situation. That's another thing I feel like we see a lot is guys throwing over the middle and just getting clocked because there's three guys coming and you just put your guy in a bad spot. Um, I think it's a great conversation. Yeah. I'm glad that we were able to get to some of that today, but I want to make sure that we get back to the betting side of things here, Michael. And as we approach these Thanksgiving day games, there are a lot of interesting trends. And so we're going to test things and see if these Turkey day trends are your friends or not. And we'll start a little bit big picture because since 2006, Michael favorites of a touchdown or more on Thanksgiving are not only 21 and two straight up, but they're 17 and six against the spread. So clicking at a 65% clip, all three of our games match that trend. Lions minus seven and a half Cowboys minus 11 and the 49ers are up from that six and a half to seven. So do we think just big picture, the favorites can get it done again? I think two of the three will do it. Yes, I think two of the three will do it. I don't think the Cowboys, who are historically very bad on Thanksgiving Day, believe it or not, in terms of covering and even winning, are going to cover that 11 number. I think that 11 number is way too big. I mean, Washington seems to play Dallas pretty well, right? I mean, they do play them half decent. I don't know how they'll do it this week. Dallas beats up on bad teams, I grant you that. But, you know, I mean, you go back to over the course of time, you know, in 2022, the Raiders were a seven-point dog, and the Raiders upset them. Yep. So I, 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 that's the only thing. I like, I like the Lions probably the most. The 49ers at seven, I, I'm shocked it went back to seven. It was six and a half now. I mean, there's probably some sevens out there if you can get it. And, and I would take that. I would do that because I think ultimately, uh, you know, this will be a – it's, it's going to either be a push or you're going to yeah. win it. 
these division games can get a little bit weird. That's why I just, I think the 49ers are going to win. I feel fairly confident in that. And that's why I used it as a teaser play and I paired it with the Lions. But to go back to the Cowboys and Commanders, Michael, um, you you referenced it and you gave us the note yesterday here on the Lombardi line. Cowboys are 1-11 against the spread. Their last 12 Thanksgiving games. With Dak, he's 3-3 three and three straight up, 1-5 against the spread on Thanksgiving. They've also been really slow starting in these games. Six straight now that they have gone into the halftime break trailing at halftime. Um, but you also mentioned the way they've taken care of business largely over lesser than opponents. Obviously, they were a huge favorite against the Arizona Cardinals earlier this season. They lose that game straight up. But of their seven wins, it's like five or six of them, Michael, that are by 20 plus points this year. So they have yeah. been able to win and win big this season. This isn't a game that I'm rushing to go bet, but like I could see, I could see the Cowboys covering it. I'm not laying it, but I could see it happening. I could, too, because this Cowboy team's a little different, right? So we talked earlier in the show about the Eagles' dominance in the second quarter last year, and it's not there this year. 204 points scored last year in the second quarter. They kind of just got ahead of everybody. Well, that version of that team is really residing in Dallas. D Dallas has scored 113 points in the, first, in, the, in the second quarter alone. And in the first half, they averaged 19.4 points a game. And in the second, in the first half, they give up 8.8 .8 per game. So they are playing from in front, and they control the ball for 32-31. And the defense only is on the field for 27-29. So they're able to play really good complementary football. Their defense has played their defense has played a hundred less plays than their offense. Think about that, Stormy. That's almost two games. So what does that say to us? As as better, they're fresh. They're ready to go. They're going to be able to rush the passer when they get the lead, you know, and that's usually what happens. And so that's what creates the turnovers that they need to do. So credit the offensive staff who everybody was predicting doom and gloom to this offseason because they lost the great Kellen Moore. Well, what they're playing is complimentary football. And when they do that, they put a lot of pressure on the opposing team's offense to have to convert third downs. And guess what? The Cowboys are the second best third down team in football. Yes, sir. Okay, how about Packers-Lions? This is the Lions' day. They've been playing on Thanksgiving since 1934, but this day has not always been kind to them, especially in recent history. How many times have we heard people say, get the Lions off my TV screen on Thanksgiving. Let's be done with this tradition because they've been so bad. They have dropped six straight. They are a different team this season. This is the first time the Lions are favorites on Thanksgiving since 2016. But as a favorite... 8-0 straight up as favorites on Thanksgiving the past 30 years. So when they have been in the favorites role, things have gone well for them. Since 2004, 4-0 straight up as a favorite, 0-15 as an underdog. Packers have also lost four in a row to Detroit. Are these trends toward the Lions your friends? Yeah, I think so. I, I think the Lions, I think you have to almost throw out the past Lions because this is a good team. I mean, this is a good team. I, I love trends. But this is a good team. And I think what you have to do is look backwards a little bit, right? Do we think that Jared Goff's going to throw three interceptions again like he did last week? You know, I don't think so, right? The Lions are coming off a four-turnover game. You know, they had four turnovers, and they had four turnovers in the last five weeks combined. So they protect the ball pretty good normally, right? The last time Goff threw three picks was 9-29-19, against the Buccaneers when he was playing for the Rams. He does protect the football. 
it's un- it's uncommon for him to throw three picks. So, I mean, when the Lions lost earlier in the year and they were nine and a half point favorite down in Carolina, they won. You know, and so I, I got a feeling when they played, you know, when, when they were an eight point favorite versus the Bears and they didn't cover, you know, then they come back and play the Raiders and they're going to win. They win by eight. So I, I think they'll bounce back. I really do. I like them at seven and a half. I just don't see Jordan Love being as successful offensively as he was against the Chargers, because I do think these Lions will put some heat on him. Yeah, Jordan Love, For even though he and that offense have been better lately, the completion percentage still isn't there. I still have a lot of questions about this guy. And when you just look at this game exclusively, coach and quarterback, I think it's pretty clear who you feel more confident about, and that's the Detroit Lions. Right. Despite the clean cut, you as you mentioned earlier, that we're going to have from Mr. LaFleur. Despite the cut. Um, I know it's been life and death with the Lions the last two weeks. I think it's firmly life this Thanksgiving. Okay, we're going to step aside when we come back. The last two weeks, we have had the top team in Survivor out. What about this week? There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. There is so much to be thankful for. We got family, friends, food, and the NFL all week long. DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping your Thanksgiving week full of action as well. New customers can bet just five bucks on the NFL to score 150 instantly in bonus bets. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Vegas. That's V-E-G-A-S. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bonantoni with you. And we got through some of the turkey day trends for the first two games coming up tomorrow in the NFL. But how about the nightcap, Michael? We got the San Francisco 49ers laying seven in Seattle, total 43 and a half, a 520 Pacific, Mm -hmm. 820 Eastern kick on NBC. And granted, we all know that I have a little bit of confirmation bias coming, but there are a lot of trends here that are coming up 49ers. I'm just going to lead with that. But... (laughs) 
Okay, well, I know that Seattle has been much better at home than they have on the road. Geno Smith is compromised coming off of a tricep injury, and we talked about all the injuries at the top of the hour. Now you throw in these trends. Home underdogs, Michael? 1-22 on Thanksgiving since 2005. Meanwhile, night favorites like San Francisco, 12-4, 75% ATS since 05. Road favorites are seven or more on Thanksgiving, nine and zero straight up, eight and one ATS. And then you also have we all know already the primetime unders theme this year. But unders in those Thanksgiving games, eleven and five, seven and one to the under the past eight. Yeah, I don't think the Niners are going to go in there and you know and not play well. I mean, they're in the top five categories in most every single statistical area. Their defensive front can dominate, and they played well in Seattle. Remember last year they won up there, and, you know, Seattle, again, was a playoff team, and they came back and beat them at home. It was a closer game, but the longer the game goes, San Francisco seems to take over and control the game and the way they're playing right now offensively. I mean, you know, you, you got to go back to really when Purdy got hurt in Minnesota is the only time they their offense has kind of stalled down. Cincinnati – you know, for all the conversation they got killed by Cincinnati, it's 460 yards. They moved the ball up and down the field. They turned it over. They made mistakes. Cleveland was a weather game. I think you have to kind of throw some. Sometimes when you look at these stats, you got to throw out, throw out Denver, Miami, throw out the Cleveland game with that wind and weather. Although, all fairness to the 49ers, if Moody makes that kick, we're <sighs> talking about a team that's seven and eight and two, not seven and three. Two of those three games, like you could circle back to being separated by one or two plays, right? And I, I know that's an excuse, and we don't like to talk that way. At the end of the day, the result is what the result is. But two of those games that could have gone either way. It was a coin flip the way that that could have ended. This game, you mentioned the previous history last year. San Francisco won all three matchups that they had with, San Fran- with, with Seattle last season. And now I just feel like since the bye, they're clicking back at that initial level that they were early on in the year that put them at 5-0 and and that put them in the contender conversation where everybody was saying this is a team that's going to play for a Super Bowl. Like, I feel like they are back at that level. It does stink that Talanoa Hufunga is out for the season on that back end because if there is uh, one weakness that you can really point to on San Francisco, I think it's their secondary. So that stinks. But I, I don't think that Seattle is poised to take advantage of that either, though, Mike especially with Geno Smith dealing with the injury. And now we see that injury report the way that we have and even Metcalf dealing with a toe right now. And he's had that nagging hip injury all season. Right. But what, what he brings to the team is an incredible ability to run, chase the football and tackle really well. And they're going to miss that. You yeah. know, it's not the coverage that he brings to the table. It's the activity he brings to the table, the open field tackling, the ability to blitz the package, to run support the way he does. They're going to miss that. They're going to have a hard time filling that void, and they're going to have to compensate for that because he is a dynamic player, and he can disguise the coverages really well, and he's all over the field. He's a playmaker. They're going to need to do that, but it's not going to really affect their pass defense as much as you might suspect because he's never really going to be locked in man-to-man. It could affect their tackling ratio, how they tackle in space, because he's been very good at that.
So let's now take this conversation and gear it toward the survivor aspect. And a reminder for anybody that is still in, you got to get your picks in today. The deadline is 10 p.m. Pacific. Do not forget, like, you can't lollygag and do it tomorrow morning before the game started. You need to get these in tonight if you're picking any of these games, which you have to for Thanksgiving or for Black Friday. And that includes if you have the Friday game, you still need to get your pick in today. So again, just getting that out there. But which game, Michael... From a, so you said from a spread perspective that the Cowboys were the team that worried you. The Cowboys are the team that everybody has been saving for this week, right? So do you think that they could be at risk of being on upset watch? Because the bulk of the field has the Cowboys available. You, they're the biggest favorite of the day. You anticipate everybody's going to take them. Do you think that's a dangerous bet at all? No, I don't. I don't think I that's don't a dangerous bet. I don't think Miami's a dangerous bet either. I am actually don't think the Lions are a dangerous bet. I think you've got three pretty clear plays, four really clear plays. I don't think you want to waste the 49ers on this game, but I think you got three really good plays. If you save Dallas, you got to use them here. Why not, right? And that, this is, like uh, I said, this is know, what everybody uh, saved Dallas for, right? Like this is the time that you want right. to use them. But the, I think this proves my point don't save because there's other games you could play here. You could play Miami here. I mean, I don't think Miami's going to lose to Tim Boyle, do you? And and let me ask you this. Listen, this summer, listen, but I, I would have told you that, that Tim the... Boyle was... Go ahead. Go ahead, Michael. Well, I, if I told you Tim Boyle was going to start in a game and on week 10 of the season, you would have laughed at me this summer. You know, so I, I mean, I agree with you. Like you're like losing Washington, losing to Tommy DeVito. I got that right. But you turned the ball over six times and you still were in three points of the game before you turned the before you turned it over the sixth time. You could have easily won that game. So Dallas, like half the field has Dallas available. The bulk of contestants also have Detroit available. Most people have already used San Francisco. Most people have already used Miami. I think that it's it's Dallas or bust. And you just have to really, really hope that they make it look easy. And it's another one of those dominating wins that they have had because they've had a number of them throughout the course of the season. But the thing that's like worrisome to me, Michael, is just that the last two weeks, I feel like people have felt pretty confident in the top overall selection and back to back weeks, that pick has ended up losing. You had the Bengals two weeks ago and then the mm-hmm. commanders that in those two weeks alone, Michael, 657 people have been wiped out in total going into week yeah. 10. There were 1149 entries alive. Now there's only 372. So people, you got to be smart and be creative. And what makes it the toughest, I think, Michael, is that while you feel confident, okay, let's say you have Dallas this week, you feel confident they're going to win. Great. You still have to go make a pick on Sunday. And Sunday's even harder. Because, like, you think... Sunday's the hard one. Sunday's the hard part. You have great options this week. If you have any of these favorites available, you're still, you're feeling pretty confident. Sunday, everything is a three and a half point spread or less. Numerous pick them one point spread games. That's going to be a challenge. It's really going to be hard. It's going to be really hard on Sunday. Sunday's a hard, and that's what's going to make the contest interesting. How many people are going to put their picks in today for the contest so that they get them in so they can use some of these games? Like, if you know, and you're in the contest, and you know that that the favorites tend to cover, you don't want to pass up the opportunity to maybe take Detroit or to maybe take San Francisco. 
Right. So, you know, but you got to do it today. Yeah. And you you obviously risk not having all the final injury reports for the Sunday slate, which can be nerve wracking. But like, that's what I'm going to do. My dad and I do. Uh, we have one of our circa million entries together. And uh, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to make our picks tonight and make sure that we get them in because we like more of the Thursday games than we do. Coming up on Sunday. When do the lines come out for Circa? When do they come out for they Circa? They should. I haven't checked them yet, but they should be out. I was told they'd be out by 1030 a.m. Pacific. So they should Got it. be up. Um, but yeah, again, it's just a it's it's going to be tricky, tricky, tricky. And you're getting down to the wire here. What I need what I'm curious about and I'm bummed we're not going to have Mike Palm on tomorrow because he always gives us the load on down on how many like people have entries, right? So it's like we know there's 372 entries remaining, but how many of them still have 10 available or, and are going to yeah. start spreading the wealth and like hedging and dividing their tickets? Yeah, exactly. That's where how does this play out, right? Like how do you what do you do on Sunday? I mean, Sunday's the hard one, right? We know that. I, you know, Sunday's a tough handicap to begin with. Like, there's some teams you like. Would you take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Colts, Stormy? They're a dog in the game, right? You're just going to have to take some risk on Sunday. I think that's just the way it is, right? I am grossed out by the Sunday slate. You have the one big favorite in Kansas City against the Raiders, and then everything else is just short spreads across the board. It's wild. Also, I do want to say on social media, we are getting all of your responses for this um, fantasy food draft that we're going to have later on at the very end of the show. Keep them coming because this is always a fun, super interesting conversation about Thanksgiving. And the people that are the green bean casserole haters, I get you need to get off oh. my feed that I cannot tolerate. All right. I will not accept the green bean casserole disrespect. We have to take a quick break. We're resetting with hour two on DraftKings Network when we return. Stay with us on the Lombardi line. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 